Blog Talk Radio. Hello everybody, my name is Boss Rutten. Hi, this is Diego Lima. This is Rodrigo Comprido and you listen. And you guys are listening. So you are listening to the Verbal Submission. Welcome to The Verbal Submission. I am your host, Brian Heminger, joined today by my co-hosts, Richard Highlight Perry and Jerry Rodriguez. We have a fantastic show in store for you guys. It is Sunday, August 9th, 2015, and we'll be joined in about five minutes by surging UFC lightweight Johnny Case, who has burst onto the scene in the last year, going 3-0 and in the promotion, and he's looking to fight again later this year in Brazil if he gets the opportunity. Now, we've had a lot going on lately. We have a uh, very big uh, event uh, that took place last night. Lots of uh, really important fights taking place in multiple weight classes and divisions with a UFC Fight Night 73 at a really impressive main event showing from Glover Teixeira against Open St. Prue. And then there's no UFC or Bellator or anything this weekend, so you guys can take the week off. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. I've already uh, got the hammock out. It's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, without further ado, let's bring in my first co-host for the evening, Richard Highlight Perry. Richard, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Uh, I enjoyed Glory on uh, on Friday and uh, and the UFC, of course, last night. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. And uh, I did not get a chance to see uh, Glory, so that's something I'm going to have to go back and uh, find all the video and everything. So we should also be joined by Jerry Rodriguez momentarily. He always uh, hops on through Skype after the show starts. So, Jerry, whenever you're ready, we're ready for you. And there he is. What what terrific timing from my man, Jerry Rodriguez. I think he's in a wind tunnel. But, Jerry, how you doing? Actually, I got the fan on. It's hot. <laughs> well, don't blow it into the microphone. <laughs> I'll have to uh, turn it around. Oh, you're good. How you doing, Jerry? Good man, good. Some uh some bullshit decisions, some pretty good fights and uh it was an interesting night last night for the UFC. All right, we're definitely going to be talking about that bullshit decision because yes, it was a bad decision, but you know what? I was happy because I bet Benil Darius. So, he and made I me a lot of, those, those judges Trump. made me a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> and they lost me. I lost a couple maybe like 150 bucks. Oh, no, you bet Michael Johnson? Yeah. See, you should have bet. You should have uh, checked in with me. I know who the judges are going to screw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that was that was just brutal. It was bad. That was real bad. I'll 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 be the first to admit when I'm the beneficiary of a bad judging decision. So. You know what uh, the worst thing was last night was, uh, and I'm sure you discussed this was uh, Sarah McMahon. I mean, she looked Oof. horrible. Yeah, that was rough. I mean. She just, to me, looked like she doesn't belong right now at this point. Like, it was that bad. They should cut her. I mean, she... I don't think they should cut her. I think they should probably have, like, McMahon against Beshkohea or something. She can get crushed. (laughs) But, I mean, honestly... She belongs in there with the likes of of, um, Shayna Baszler. And what was that, uh, Roxanne, the one that uh, Misha... Mataferi? 
yeah. Like, that's who she should be fighting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sarah, you know, an Olympic silver medalist, but she just is not showcasing that athleticism and that wrestling. I don't know. I think she just got into MMA a little too late, and maybe she just doesn't have the the mind to be a, a great MMA fighter. You know, it's it's a completely different when you're having all these people trying to tear your head off in a fight. And I think, you know, she doesn't respond well when she's in uh, bad situations. Yeah, I mean, she she's another one that lost me money. Oh, see, I never would have bet that one. You know, what we did was we... Jerry, you got to start listening to all the bets we give out. We gave out... And this was for free to everybody. We didn't like nobody has to pay for it or anything. We we told everyone to bet the under in the McMahon Nunes fight. All it had to do was not go the distance. Pretty much, it had to be less than two and a half rounds, and then it ends in like two minutes. So. I'll have, I'll have to uh, start. When is it on? Uh, we give out a bet like every uh, after the weigh-ins every uh, every week, pretty much after for every UFC event. I can oh, add you to our free cool. bet. I can uh, add you to our free bet mailing list if you want. Do it, yeah. Is that the because uh, we we'll email it out afterwards. But there's an article you guys put out where it's like a parlay. Uh, yeah, Gabe. We have a writer on Oddsbreaker named Gabe Killian, and he uh, posts bets and stuff too. So. Get rid of him. I, I listened to him once, lost. Actually, a couple <laughs> of times. Well, he writes articles for free. I mean, it's not like people are paying him money for best. Sometimes he'll take some crazy chances. So, And we can't get rid of somebody for having one bad event. Come on. Nobody's good every time. Well, that other guy was. the one. <laughs> what? Wasn't there a guy that, like, bounced on... I don't know. There was, there was a guy that used to give out bets all the time. He had, like, a high percentage. No, I don't remember. Yeah, well, yeah, last night sucked for me. Uh, yeah. Terrible. Well, I'll admit I only won last night because of uh, Darius's screw job. So maybe I'm not the the greatest either. <laughs> oh, I know who he's talking about, and I yeah, we'll 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 stay out of that. <laughs> now, uh, all right, I'm gonna go get. Uh, or at least try to get Johnny Case on the line. He said he's good to do the show, but then uh, I messaged him before the show, and he did not respond to my reminder that we when we'd be calling him. So hopefully he answers. Um, I guess while I'm going to get Johnny Case, uh, you guys can talk about what that main event means for everybody because uh, Glover Teixeira beat Novin St. Peru. That you know kind of screws up a lot of the stuff going on in the light heavyweight division in terms of contenders. So I'd like to hear what you guys have to say about that. So uh, Jerry, start it up. I'll, I'll, I'll let uh, Richard uh, take it away. I've, I've talked enough. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, yeah, the light heavyweight division is um, really, really in trouble right now. They don't have a whole lot of prospects, um, and they don't have a whole lot of quality talent at the at the top end. Um, it's it pretty much the the top five or six and there's really nobody coming up in the UFC right now or even coming up outside of the UFC that looks like they're going to be able to be a contender. Uh, it, it seems like all the talent fled down to 185, 
and um, really left uh, the former, you know, biggest um, division for the UFC uh, just not being what it should be. Well, a lot of that has to do with John Jones being a crackhead or whatever he is, allegedly. Um, because if you think about it, if he's still the champ, if he's not stripped, then you still have a lot of guys that are contenders, right? You still got Cormier that can, you know, well, he's the champ, the interim champ. You still have Rumble Johnson. I mean, if that fight would have happened uh, with Rumble and, and John Jones, who knows what would have happened, you know? Um, maybe Johnson's uh, blitz would have would have stopped Jones, and then everything would have been in, 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 in basically an open field, open playing game. Uh, but you're right. I mean, there's really nobody that sticks out and goes, oh, wow, this 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 guy is an up-and-comer. I mean, I'm looking at the rankings right now, and you got guys that have been around for quite a while. I guess you could sort of make a case for Patrick Cummins. He's the youngest one in the top ten, and Jimmy uh, Manua. But other than that, I mean, Ovin St. Pru was the only relative newcomer that, that could have brought some new blood to the uh to the championship uh contender, you know. Uh, I, I don't I don't think Glover will ever be a champ. I don't think Bader will ever be a champ. Um Rashad Evans, you know, him being healthy, if he ever regains his form then that that'll be interesting. But I just uh you know, I don't I'm looking at it and I, I think Cormier, yeah, he's legit. Rumble, yeah, I mean the guy's been a beast. Uh, but other than that, Gustafson, you know, there's three, four guys, and then everybody else, there's a big gap between the top four, and I'm including John Jones, and, and the rest of the 15 uh, other light heavyweights. And um, because the the division is both super shallow and it's starting to get up there in age, I mean, you mentioned Patrick Cummings as uh, an up-and-comer. He's 34 years old. Ovin St. Peru is um, 32 years old. I mean, Glover Texera is how old? He's, you know, he's 35. So there aren't a whole lot of people, you know, at the top end of the division that's going to be up there for too much longer. Shogun's going to be retiring within a year or two. Um, Little Nog's going to be retiring in, in a year or two. You know, who do we have that's going to step into into the, the top ten. Ilya Latifi, I'm a, I'm a big fan of him, but he probably shouldn't even be top 15 um, in, in a normal division where um, where the talent isn't so strapped. I mean, imagine somebody at well, 170 with the kind of resume Latifi has. I got a name for you that, that could possibly move up to light heavyweight, and I'd be interested in seeing that move. And It's a, it's a young man by the name of Johnny Case, and I think... <laughs> Well, that'd be a bit of a of a leap, but yes, we are joined right now live with UFC lightweight Johnny Case. Uh, Johnny, welcome back to the Verbal Submission, man. It's been a while. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Oh, it's it's an absolute honor. We had you on before your UFC debut. Uh, you were getting ready to head out to Japan, so I, I'd like to say that you know things have gone pretty well for you since then. So uh, you know, how are you feeling? I uh, appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's feeling great, man. 
Yeah, I'm three and zero right now with UFC, and um, just keep uh, keep living and loving loving what I'm doing, and just just enjoying the experience. And uh, just recently moved out to Arizona, to, uh, switched gyms to Power MMA, and uh, just loving it, man. Have my kids living with me again, so it's just it's amazing. You know, I'm uh, mm-hmm. I'm happy right now and I'm comfortable. Yeah, now that's something that it was actually first on my list to talk about was you, know, you were at Alliance, and then there's this this huge exodus. There was uh, you, Michael Chandler, um, uh, Miles Jury, uh, Luis Saldana, and and you guys all moved out to uh, Power MMA in Arizona. And I was wondering, you know, how has that move been for you guys so far? You know, what's what's different, and uh, you know, what were some of the the biggest uh, motivating factors? I mean, it's great right here, man. The coaches are just phenomenal. You know, not only will they, you know, they'll give their opinion, but they'll get in there and they'll mix it up with you. They'll show you, you know. So, uh, really, the biggest, the biggest thing for me was the coaching, and then, uh, you know, just we decided, you know, Alliance was the best gym for me because of the training partners. You know, it wasn't necessarily the coaching. So, uh, you know, and we all just kind of got together and uh, decided we're going to go go outside, you know, and then we all kind of stuck together and. Uh, yeah, and that's something you meant you, you just brought up was the the hands on coaching and that's something that Alliance just lost actually too was uh we had Neil Melanson on our show last week and he talked about how you know he left Alliance and he's over at the Black Zillions now and he was a really good hands on grappling coach and now he's not there either. So you know did that, was that a factor too that he uh, he wasn't there? Yeah, I mean that that really was A lot of things going on over at Power MMA. There's a ton of really good wrestlers over there, and I know that that's a part of your game that you're constantly looking to evolve and improve. Because you know, you being able to stop guys from taking you down has turned you into a fighter that you know had trouble stopping EJ Brooks before the UFC from getting a bunch of takedowns to coming into the UFC and stuffing a ton of takedowns and getting back to your feet quick and and beating all these uh, tough wrestlers in uh, your three UFC fights. Yeah, man, and that's the thing about down here, you know, about power MMA. It's, it's like everybody in the wrestling room is either, you know, like D1 level or, or better. You know, you know, I, there was even a guy in there training for the Olympics, the Olympic uh, record team. So, I mean, those guys that are, you know, the highest level of wrestling, you know, that, that wrestling has the answer, so... Well, it's great. It's great to be there, and uh, you know, to have a, a great head coach, uh, Aaron Simpson, and uh, you know, who's a D1 wrestler himself, former college uh, coach, and you know, he coached wrestling as well. So it's great, man. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Yeah, and uh, you gave a shout-out to a guy recently who was a four-time All-American out of Minnesota, Logan Storley. I think he's about to make his uh, MMA debut. So, you know, has he been helpful, yeah. too? Yeah, man. Yeah, Logan's a beast. He's, uh, yeah, you know, he's still relatively new to the striking department, but he more than makes up for in the wrestling. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a beast. He's almost impossible to get off of you, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm really looking forward to his debut. I think it's RFA in a few weeks or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, now, yeah, uh, I mean, it'll be, it'll be 
awesome to see him develop as a fighter, I think. Oh, definitely. Now, I've heard a couple rumors about uh, something, some stuff at Alliance. I just wanted to check with you on it. You know, I this was just like from people spreading stuff on Twitter and whatever. But you know, I heard sure, that there, sure. you know, they Alliance added you know a lot of girls recently, and that was like splitting some coaching time too. Was was that something that was a, a bit of a frustration over there as well? I've read that uh, one thing that's been a, a huge benefit for you has been the uh, addition of your family being able to come out to Arizona with you from Iowa. So, you know, how much of a, a benefit is that, you know, having uh, them so close, not having to just constantly do uh, Skype calls and stuff back home? Oh, man, it, it's amazing. You know, like, like I said, I went almost, uh, you know, like nine weeks, ten weeks at a time without seeing my kids, you know, and I had to go home for months and then right back out to California and do it again, so... You know, really, that was just, that was the, the, the really the only bad part about my career, you know. It just happened to be away from there, missing them every single day, just wanted to be with them. And, and now that I have them here, you know, it's just like, man, I got everything I want. You know, I got my cake and I can eat it too. So I'm just happy, you know, I'm motivated again, and it's just, uh, it's just great. I'm looking forward to my next fight. Oh, definitely. Now, was it just that, you know, California was a pretty expensive place to live? You couldn't stay out there and bring them? Uh, pretty much. Like, at first, I started out, uh, you know, before the UFC, I had no money. I was, you know, living in the gym. And then, uh, you know, to save money, I was just staying with Jeremy Steven. You mm-hmm. know, I didn't, uh, I didn't have my own place yet. So that's why I could come up uh, to California. But, yeah, I mean, you know, you pay 200 bucks a month for a crack house in California, you know. It's, uh, it, you know, it's pretty hard to find a, a decent place for a decent price. So that definitely put a factor in moving there and all as well. Yeah, and, and that's something that actually surprised me was I know Jeremy was really close with Miles, and then he was one of the reasons that you went out to Alliance in the first place. How come he wasn't one of the people that uh, went over to uh, Power MMA? Um, I think I think I, I can't really speak for Jeremy, but uh, I, I don't know if he's just kind of taking his time, or if he's he just he's, he's content with what he's at. He doesn't think um, moving is the right move for his career. You know, I just mm-hmm. I don't know. I kind of talked to him about it, and. Uh, Either way, I mean, I'm not, you know, he's still my big brother. I'll always look up to Jeremy, you know. He's always helped me since day one, so whatever he's oh, decided for, it'll be best for his career. Oh, for sure, for sure. Now, I want to talk about what's been going on with you uh, coming up in the future. You have really been on the train of trying to get a, a fight booked for Brazil. And uh, <laughs> so what is it so about it that you so badly want to fight in Brazil? Yeah, I just want to see the world. You know, mm-hmm. I've been fortunate enough. I've been uh, to Tokyo, fighting the UFC, into Mexico City. You know, why not Brazil? You know, why not Ireland, you know, Australia? Hey, I, I want to just, 
you know, fight on the UFC time, you know, breaking across the world and then uh, took a fish fight while I'm at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, from what I've read, you know, you really want to get on that November 7th card, uh, UFC Fight Night 77. It's got uh, Henderson versus Belfort 2. So, yeah. you know, do you have anything in the works, or is it more you're just trying to you know, get Joe Silva to to get you a fight book? No, I think uh, I think that's kind of when uh, which one I'm lining up a fight for sure. I think November seventh will be uh, will be a girl uh, as everything is looking right now. Mm-hmm. Have they uh, approached you with some offers and stuff, or is it more you're you're not allowed to yeah. say yet? Uh, well, I'm not really allowed to say yet, but yeah, I mean we've been. Yeah, we're gonna deal with names and uh, and just getting everything signed for you know getting everything squared away before we sign a fight. But yeah, it's definitely in the works. Oh, wonderful! Well, I'm really glad to hear it. Now, you've you've brought up that you know you want to see the world and you want to take the family on a vacation in Brazil uh, when you go. So, did you go out and take the family on vacation to Japan or Mexico when you were fighting uh, in those countries recently for UFC? I, I did not. No, no, they uh, they stayed back. You know. Um, I just, I just let them stay up late and watch me on TV. <laughs> I think it's easier that way. I don't, I'm not sure I can perform the same if my kids are there. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's uh, completely understandable. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the this improvement that you've been displaying. Um, you know, Obviously, you've been on a nice little surge here in the UFC lightweight division, going 3-0 and and uh, picking up a performance of the night bonus and everything. Now, what do you kind of uh, attest that to? Because again, you know, I watched your last fight before you got into the UFC, and I did, I was like, you know, I, I I'll be honest, I thought you lost uh, against DJ Brooks, but and then you have shown sure, yeah. so much improvement in these three fights and looked so good. So what what do you kind of attest that to? Basically, just the, the practice partners, you know, you know, training with the you know the top ten in the world, the top ten best fighters in the world in every division, you know, it's. Uh, it's definitely, it's definitely confidence, which, you know, showed me that I could hang with, with anybody, you know, and uh, I, I kind of attest that as well as, uh, you know, I just, I just had an off fight that one, you know, the day, you know, um, it was just a bad training camp, and, you know, I didn't, I didn't necessarily have a lot of training partners, and I think it was just, uh, you know, a number of things. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Now, my uh, co-host here has a, a couple questions for you, so I'm going to ask those. Uh, he wants to know... You know what? What do you think of the that proposed uh, IV ban that they've been putting out? Are you a guy that would use that stuff, or are you more of the the natural uh, fluid intake after the fight with Pedialyte and everything, or you after know, the wins? I definitely like the IV because it's so much quicker. You know, you mm-hmm. get back to feeling like yourself a lot quicker. But I mean, it's not necessary. I guess you know, yeah, I don't necessarily need it. Um, I'm just gonna have to you know stay up later during you know and just sleep in the next day. So. Uh, there's ways around it, and, you know, but, uh, but yeah, it definitely helps. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, uh, Miles Jury, your, your your buddy and teammate, who's uh, gone down to to power MMA with you, he's announced a drop to the flyweight div- or featherweight division. I think that's crazy. I mean, this is a guy that was a pretty good welterweight and a very a top fifteen lightweight, and he's t- bigger than you. How do you, how is this yeah, even going to be possible? I don't know. He, Looking good, man. He's looking mm-hmm. sharp, and uh, he's just—I don't know—he's just cleaning up, you know, cleaning up his diet, and he's getting a lot leaner. And uh, you know, I kind of—I kind of thought he was crazy when I first heard it, but now that he's kind of 
getting down the weight, I can see it possible, you know. Will it be huge? Hell yeah. But I think he's got it. I think he's got the body type he can make 45. So mm-hmm. uh, it'll be great to see him at 145. And then, you know, maybe that'll, that'll motivate me to get my weight down. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Now, uh, something I know you guys like to do, or at least I know Miles did, was uh, you know go to the beach and everything at San Diego when you guys were in the line. So have you guys got a new pastime? Because I don't think there's a lot of beach. There's desert out in Arizona. So what are you guys doing to kind of fill in that void? Well, I basically just chill out with my kids, man. Like that's that's, mm-hmm. that's it for us. We usually hit the pool about once a day, and you know come back, watch movies a lot, play you know video games, whatever. We just chill and train. Now, does that really help you? Does that really help you recharge the batteries? You know, the, the the family time, not having to, you know, worry about them being, you know, thousands of miles away. Without a doubt, man. Yeah, there's. I just, I'm, I'm at peace. I mean, you know, I got nothing nagging on me, nothing in the back of my head. You know, no little voice telling me, you know, just whatever. You know, yeah, it's it's everything. It's bliss, man. I'm just, I'm happy and uh, I'm motivated. Well, I'm glad to hear it, and. uh I guess one of my last questions that I have for you before I uh, shoot it over to the rest of my co-hosts is, you know, I know you want to fight in Brazil. You're, you've got something in the works. Like, what what is your goal now? You know, if you if you go out there and and take care of business with this one and and win in Brazil, you know, what what, what, do, you, what do you want to see? What do you want to accomplish in this next year or so? Money and fame, man. <laughs> is, that, is that what everybody's after? Money and mm-hmm. fame and that world title, you know. Plan on sticking around in the UFC for a long time. You know, I plan on fighting, you know, well into my, uh, you know, until I'm 35. So everything goes well. I just, you know, I just want to make a name for myself. I want to make uh, a living and uh, a comfortable lifestyle for my kids and be happy. You know, live the dream, do what I want to do. Mhm. And you know what? Uh, my co-host here, Jerry, has a great question, and I'm going to let him ask it because he's really good at asking the, this type of stuff. So, Jerry, take it away, man. Yeah, so are the rumors are about you going to 205 true? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no. But my, my question is, um, all kidding aside, is what makes uh, Neil Melanson such a great coach? Because, um, you know, we've been hearing such high praises of him, and obviously he was Randy's jiu-jitsu coach, what is it that that, that everybody uh, respects and, and, and loves about him? I, mainly it's just his character, you know, just who he is as a person. You know, uh, he's just kind of a kind of guy you just look up to, you know, the kind of guy who walks into a room where everybody shuts up and listens to what he has to say, you know, because you know it's cold. Um, he, just, he just cared, you know, he was genuine and he wanted to see people succeed. He wanted people around him to be the best they could be. Uh, I think that's what really, really drew me to his coaching style. Do you think if he was still a coach at Alliance, everyone would have left? Ooh, I don't know. It, it, I think I'd be there still, but I, I don't really know. You know, because like I said again, it was a, it was a lot of deciding factors. So uh, I don't know, man. That's a tough one. I don't know. I definitely would have thought twice before leaving. That's for sure. <laughs> And, and and how soon before we see Chandler in the UFC? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question too. But I don't know, man. I think he kind of likes it about us. They're uh, they take care of him, and uh, uh, you know, and rightfully so. He he goes out there and makes it happen. So I'm not sure if he'll be transferred in the UFC or not. And and then, and then going back to my first question, um, like what would it take 
for you to go up to 205. Like, obviously, you have to start eating a whole lot. But, like, if, if they said, well, listen, we'll give you a million dollars. We want you to step in there against uh, John Jones. We just, you know, we it's we want to sure, yeah. against the guy I'd that. I'd step in there at 155 and give a million dollars. I just like a white heavyweight. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take an apple. We'll be the first to have. <laughs> There's a lot worse, a lot harder ways to make a million dollars, I suppose. <laughs> what would your strategy be against them? Poke him in the eye. <laughs> take a ch- take a chapter out of his book, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's qualified right away. <laughs> yeah, toast off. I don't know. So, uh, yeah, Jerry, always ask him. Or maybe just bring a bottle of booze in the, into the cage and piss him off, you know. Bring some <laughs> powder. Go. And throw it up in the air. Maybe he'll start chasing. LeBron James style. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just keep kicking him in the nuts repeatedly. (laughs) This qualification is better than a loss, I suppose. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, uh, I think that's about everything we had for you, Johnny. I sincerely appreciate everything. And uh, I guess the last thing we have for you before we let you go is: uh, Do you have any shout-outs, trainers, sponsors, anybody out there that you want to? give a thank you to or anything, uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, I just want to say thank you to everybody that uh, that follows me and all my fans, all my uh, family and friends. Just thank you. It's for you guys that I keep going. So uh, thank you to all my sponsors, and thank you guys for having me on the show today. All right, excellent. Well, we uh, we made sure to mention you on social media that you're on the show, so if anybody missed your appearance, you can just retweet the link that I uh, added you on on Twitter and all your fans can go back and listen to this interview, and I'm sure they'll really enjoy it. Outstanding. I appreciate it, man. Thank you, guys. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for stopping by the show, Johnny, and best of luck. Hoping uh, everything comes out well with that uh, November 7th uh, card. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. All right. Thank you. You have a terrific rest of your day. You too. Bye-bye. All right. That was UFC lightweight Johnny Hollywood Case and... You know what, Jerry? I got to say, I love the personality you bring out of our guests. He's, I'm always going out there doing all my research and, and asking all these questions, and I don't think to really get them to relax enough, and you do that. You get them laughing. You get everything going. So I, I love the dynamic you had. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't expecting that, but hey. See, I mean, who, I wouldn't, who wouldn't take the million bucks in the ass for Yeah, see, there's no way that I could ever have thought in a million years to ask Johnny Case about, you know, poking John Jones in the eye. It just wasn't going to happen. That's just not my thought process. Or but you went right to it like a laser. <laughs> <laughs> Kicking John Jones in the nuts. Yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> that should be the headline, Johnny Case will kick John Jones in the nuts repeatedly. <laughs> so that's going to keep him from coming back on the show, too. <laughs> But no, I think I think he's grown a lot. He was a little more nervous and everything when he was on the show the last time before he uh, fought in the UFC, and you know he's he's definitely a lot more relaxed and easygoing, and I, I think he's going to do some uh, good things over there. How high at, do you uh, think Powell. is the ceiling? Uh, we're going to find out. Like honestly, he I I do think he has a lot of great skills, but we have not seen yet him against, you know, a, a top guy in the, you know, really even a top 25 guy in the lightweight division. You know, he beat Kazuki Tokodome, Frankie Perez, and Francisco Trevino. I'd say the only one out of those that was that good is Tokodome. 
and you know Togodomi wasn't really a, a world beater either. But you know what? He he did finish two of those guys, and then he dominated Trevino. So I want to see him uh, get tested. So we're going to find out how good he is probably with this next fight because I'm sure they're not going to give him a can. Who, who would you uh, put him in against? Well, it's going to be a test. Brazilian lightweight. So that's that's the start. And Gilbert Burns has already announced for that show to face somebody else. So, hmm. And it's got to be somebody that's available. So let's see. Who is Brazilian? I'd, like, it wouldn't be Barboza. That would be you kind of a step down for Barboza, at least at this point. Um so let's let's look through who would make sense. Um man. Putting me on the spot here. Maybe Carlos Diego Ferreira, although he's coming off of two losses, I don't think that would work actually. If he had won his most recent fight it would. Um man. I'm I'm digging too. Dalmir Lazero, maybe? That'd be good. Um I'm getting annoyed of all these cards they do in Brazil and where they just load it with a bunch of Brazilians, but Ooh, probably... I found one. Adriano oh. Martins. I think that'd be really good. Because Martins is a you know, good good wrestler, good striker. He's coming off of that win over uh, uh, over Kabalov. I think that guy's pretty legit. So... If he would beat Martins, that would probably put Johnny Case in the top 15 in the UFC. Is uh, Martins in the top 15 right now? He's. I think I have him at like 15 or 14 after he beat Havilov, because Havilov was like about 15 or 14 at the time. And that made Martins like 4-1 and one in the UFC. Yeah, looking at his record, he beat uh, Crutchfield. Yeah. What happened to He's Derek pretty good. How many, this, this guy just fell off. But he had a lot of hype, didn't he? Oh, uh, he had some hype. I mean, he still didn't even get past the first round of the Ultimate Fighter live season. Remember, uh, James Vick knocked him out with a, a knee when he shot in for a takedown on in like a minute. So, you know, he wasn't a world beater. But, I mean, he had he's had a few moments, too, Crookshank. You know, he had a really impressive knockout of Eric Koch. And uh, you know he's he's had, he's had a couple pretty good victories, but that last one was pretty rough. Well, I mean, he is the definition of like a mid-card action fighter that you just throw yeah. on there because you know he's gonna he's gonna make some explosions either uh, either him throwing bombs or getting hit by him. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, Leandro Silva would be a good choice for. Johnny Case, if they're you know slow, going to go the slow route for the build. That's another Brazilian. I think he's well, like won two or three in a row in the division. We were uh, we were talking about you know the light heavyweight division and and just how kind of stagnant it it, it really is. There's, oh, light, I yeah, saying, I, I heard that. It's yeah, true. There's like there's four guys heavyweight... and then nobody else. At heavyweight and at light heavyweight, there are really no young contenders. Like, John Jones is one of the youngest guys in the UFC light heavyweight division. That's crazy. And you look at heavyweight, too. Like, everybody's in their mid-30s or higher. So, I don't know where, I don't know where this, all the young guys are going. Like, there's nobody. 
I mean, for the most part, um, the the big problem is there's no real. If you're an athletically gifted 250 pound man, it was like six other sports you can play and make that way pay more a lot money. more money. Yeah, that's the problem. That's why you see so many really good lighter weight guys is because. There's these incredible athletes at like 155 pounds, but they can't go play football, so they can uh, go fight. Yeah, but you know what? I will say this, like about the heavyweight division. Like I'm looking at, I would say one through seven. Like you can make a case that any of those guys could go on a on a hot streak and mm-hmm. be champion. You know, like Rothwell's been on a hot streak, and I think you know he's. It looks like he's rededicated himself and he's in shape or better shape. And you look at, you know, Verdum, Velasquez, I mean, Dos Santos, those are the top three, but Steve Arlovsky, what he's done, Brown, Josh Barnett, who's always a you know, great wrestler, Rothwell. Any of those guys can go on a hot streak and, and get the title. When you look at the light heavyweight division, I mean, it's all right, we're gonna I'm gonna exclude John Jones because he's he is stripped. But it's basically Gustafson, who's fighting Cormier, and Johnson. You know, so there's only two guys, other than the current champion, that are legit, you know, title contenders. I don't think Bader can ever win the title. I don't think Glover, Rashad, I mean, possibly. but I mean, Well, Rashad's uh, fighting Bader, so we're going to find a lot out pretty soon here. And, and Rashad's going to beat him. There's no way Bader. You think? Yeah, I think so. Even though he hasn't fought in like two years. Yeah, I mean, I, he's training with with some of the. He's training with a lot of great partners. Yeah, and, uh, training with Neil now. You know, so I absolutely think that he can. He'll he'll win that fight. But I'm looking at, and there's a lot of names that you know you recognize, but definitely on the uh, at the tail end of their careers. Mhm. Yeah, I, I think the heavyweight and light heavyweight divisions are in trouble right now, honestly. They need some fresh blood in there. They need a lot more guys like uh, Jonathan Wilson, who showed up in that last night and just blistered Dempsey. You know, they need a lot more young, fresh faces that can come in and, uh, you know, make an impact. So, you know who we I don't know. Who? Is Rochal. Holy shit, why do they keep putting him on? I don't know why they keep putting him on the main card, is what yes. I can get. Boring. He does the same thing. He like smothers. He, he he hits heavy, but he doesn't really knock anyone out. And then he gets gassed, and he's just boring to watch. I mean, there was a guy. I don't know. Who, I mean, I guess he had some great wrestling credentials in college. Who looked like they picked out of a freaking Dave and Buster's bar. You know, hey, you want to fight? You want to be on TV? Sure. You know, get in there against this guy. I mean, it's just boring. I don't see any need for him to ever be on a main card or on TV. Put him, bury him, send him to Titan, you know, fighting championships. Don't even let him fight in the UFC. <laughs> That's the problem, though, is they don't have enough light heavyweights or heavyweights to be shipping, to be cutting any of these guys, to be honest. They have, like, you know, you look at lightweight, and they have, like, 100 lightweights on the roster. But at heavyweight, it's, like, 23, 24. At light heavyweight, it's, like, barely 20. So they can't afford I, I, to lose any of them. I, I said this uh, on Twitter last night, but but that heavyweight fight last night looked like uh, a fight at in the Walmart hunting section in New Hampshire. It's like <laughs> just absolute. 
It wasn't good, and it wasn't even smart. The the last 30 seconds of the fight, um, mustache, because I'm not going to remember your name. Timothy um, Johnson. Timothy Johnson, yes. Um, landed a bunch of huge shots, and to, um, to Rochelle's credit, he ate those shots like a champ, and so Johnson decided to go for a takedown instead of winning. Mm-hmm. Just, um, Poor but fight IQ, definitely. I, I said this before, the um, the new, you know, what the UFC's got to be focusing on in terms of their division, got to be 145, 155, and 170. Um, that's where you're going to get the athletic talent. That's where you're going to get all the exciting fights that don't, you know, bog down after two and a half minutes. And that's where you're going to get most of your ratings. Yeah, there's yeah, there's a lot of things that they need to do, and I don't know. I, I, I still am not sure what they can do to incentivize more light heavyweights and heavyweight athletes to switch over to mixed martial arts other than pay them more money. Because right now, that's that's the big issue, in my opinion, like the, the aging divisions. So, I don't know. Well, hey, there's a young man up and coming, Fedor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the big news. You know, 39, 40-year-old Fedor, whatever he is. I don't know. How old is Fedor right now? He's probably younger than most of the heavyweight division. 37. Yeah, he's he's average age in the middle in the heavyweight division right now. Because you got, you know, ancient uh, guys like Alexei Olenek becoming contenders. Mirko Krokop's back, you know. So. Ar- well, Arlovsky's back, but and, and even Frank Mir. Yeah. Big Nog's done, finally, I hope. No, he's not done. He said he, oh. I thought I read that he was still considering maybe another fight, but... I know. I saw that, and that made me cry. Yeah, well, it, you know, let it, him go on. It, it almost, if he seriously refuses to retire, they need to do Big Nog King, too. They'll be like, all right, no. now you retire. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to put you against Kane every time until you finally retire. <laughs> or Roy eight, Nelson. Eight, eight rematches. <laughs> let him go in against Roy. Actually, let him let him welcome uh, Fedor into the UFC. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather that could be either a really one-sided fight or a terribly depressing fight and I really would not want to see it. Although it would sell. It would sell. I, I will say that. It would do gangbusters. I said they, they pay him, like, a ton, they offer him a ton of money, right, to fight one more time, but he has to fight his twin brother. Like, that would be hilarious. Like, okay, you want to fight one more time, we'll, we'll break the bank, but you got to fight your twin brother in Brazil with like, the their parents' cage side if they're still alive. They've done that in regional MMA, actually. There's been a couple of um, couple of uh, cards I can think of. I remember doing research on it, and I abandoned it. But there were at least two events headlined by uh, brother versus brother fights. It reminds me of that MMA movie, Warrior. Oh. You didn't like it? <laughs> I, I I don't like fight movies in general. That was a good one. With the, uh, it's Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Yeah, that was good. 
Oh, come on. Fuck you guys. I I, I did. I thought <laughs> I I was I had really high hopes. I thought I was I thought that like was it. great. I thought it was so bad. I was like, well, this sucks. This is this got Kurt Angle. He plays like the Fedor. Yeah. It was. I felt it was rushed. I didn't care enough about the character to, you know, I wasn't emotionally invested. Uh, I thought it was bad. Ooh. It had potential, man, but I, I just think they rushed it. I thought it was good. All right. Uh, any other stuff you guys want to talk about? Anything that happened at the the fights last night? Uh, um, I got uh, one thing. All right. Uh, Marlon Vera threw uh, some punches after the bell. Uh, I don't think any of them landed, but, you know, nobody's talking about it. It was bullshit. They didn't land. There's nothing to talk about. (laughs) If you punched them in the face after the bell, they'd be talking about it. Well, you you know what? I do want to – I'm glad that the World Series of Fighting stepped up, stripped Paul Ah, there we go. And that uh, they suspended him and they held Mm -hmm. his, uh, his win money. So good for them. Let's let's be real though. The World Series of Fighting did that as much because they probably don't have a whole lot of money um, as they did to punish Paul Hollis. I think it was more public pressure though than anything. Like for real, because like it was just community outrage. Uh, Frank Trigg did an interview with Big John McCarthy about talking about Paul Harris. And we posted it on our site, and it got like 10,000 views in one day. Like, that was crazy. Like, everybody wants to to hear, you know, people shame Paul Harris for what he did. Did you see Joe Lozon's video that he posted? No. Yeah, that was really he good. Did, yeah, you should you should watch this, Jerry. Like, uh, Rich linked that in the chat. Um, Joe Lozon went through and actually did some video editing to show throughout his fights in the UFC when somebody tapped and the ref touched him and when he let go compared to Paul Harris, uh, when people tap and the ref touch him and he lets go and got like the, the times of the worst for Lozon uh, against the best of Paul Harris and stuff. <laughs> oh, it was brutal. It just showed just how much of a dick Paul Harris is. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, uh, and, and that's actually... Uh exactly what he says and uh he goes eh, you know you don't really have to crank it unless you're a dick Paul Harris is kind of a dick <laughs> <laughs> yeah there it is you, you gotta watch that Jerry after the show so and uh there is something else I want to talk about um Ray Borg stops by the show you know we bring the show back Ray Borg's our first guest back or our first fighter guest back and he goes out and beats the absolute shit out of Herrera. I think he set a record for uh, time and control in a fight, in a three-round fight. He was His worst round, I think he was on top of Herrera for four minutes and 36 seconds. That was his well, worst yeah. round. We should have been asking him <laughs> if he was laying off the tacos. The, no, it's the Twinkies. The Twinkies. Remember? Yeah. If he missed weight, that's the question we, we have to start yeah. asking is how's the weight cutting coming along? Because yeah, um, because yeah, he looked rough. I don't know if you actually watched the weigh-ins, but there's a reason that he missed weight by three quarters of a pound and decided not to keep trying to cut because he looked in rough shape, big time for that. And you, 
that's a good sign that, you know, his performance, because usually when guys have a rough cut, they go in there and they stink it up. And he came mm-hmm. out, the other guy came out pretty aggressive. And, and oh, yeah, they were both going gun blazing. That was a fun fight to watch. Yeah. Like, so, What'd you think about Borg putting Mighty Mouse on notice, just like he did on our show? <laughs> I like that. I think he's a bit more uh, aggressive. Yeah, well, that's just not his style. I mean, that's about as aggressive as he gets, I think. <laughs> Plus, he's still only just 22 years old. See, that's that's a division to keep an eye on. A lot of good young talent in both uh, flyweight and uh, bantamweight. I know, I know that's not your your favorite weight classes, Jerry, but you know that's where all the youngsters are going. I like Mighty Mouse. I'm a big fan. I mean, he's done the show, mm-hmm. but I I think know, he's the only. Guy that's ever done our show as a sitting UFC champion. So that's pretty cool. But I, I just don't like the way they're trying to like force us to believe that John Dodson's going to beat him. And oh yeah, well, the, the only one that's given him the best. I, I mean, come on, he still got dominated. You know, well, and it's going to happen again. Honestly, the last time they fought, it was a close fight. Dodson almost knocked him out a couple times, and he won at least two rounds, or at least I guaranteed one, and I think he did win two rounds. And Johnson just turned it up as Dodson slowed down. Like, if it was a three-round fight, I think Dodson would have won it. But then Johnson won the last two rounds convincingly and smashed him as Dodson slowed down. So that was honestly, since he's been champ, the toughest fight that Johnson's had. But Dodson's been hurt a lot since then, and Johnson has gone on to become an absolute fucking monster. So I, I think this fight isn't going to be very close. Dodson didn't look very good in his last fight against, um, I think it was Mikovsky. Like, I thought, you know, that that could have gone either way. Do you think that's a, that's a deep division or there's just a lot of up-and-comers? Uh, I don't think it's deep yet. I think the deepest division right now in terms of uh, up, like really good rising talent is probably Bantamweight. But Flyweight's on the way. It's just they need to you know have some guys really step up that are uh, contenders. Because right now, Demetrius Johnson everybody. The only guy I think that's a fresh contender in the Flyweight division is Cejudo. So. And, and he's, I don't even like, he hasn't impressed me during his UFC run. Yeah, he doesn't have any finishes yet or anything. So, but you know, Cejudo is really good. So he's he's a guy that's probably going to fight Johnson next, in my opinion. And then you know, maybe down the line, a year from now, maybe Borg will be ready. So we'll see. We shall. Ugh. All right. I think that'll do it for uh, everything for the show today. Is there any stuff you guys want our listeners to check out? Uh, I got two things for everyone to uh, right. check out. First, on uh, MMA fighting, um, uh, Luke Thomas talked about Ronda Rousey with uh, uh, Rowdy Ferguson. I guess they mm-hmm. were um, training partners uh, for the Olympics way back when. I, I think Ronda they were both was, actually on the Olympics. <laughs> you're, you're right, and you um, just talks about her, her mindset and her technique and all that kind of stuff. It's a real good deep look at it. Um, the second thing I want to want everyone to just get hyped for is John Lineker is going to be fighting Francisco Rivera in a little less than a month. At Bantamweight. People should be going insane over this. This is going to be a bananas fight. 
I agree. That that fight is going to be freaking <laughs> sick. All right, uh, Jerry, what about you? Anything else? I want you to check out TMZ and oh god, read about Ronda Rousey dating Brendan Schaub. Holy shit! That no, I didn't know that. Well, they did for a while, but that was not that long though, as far as I know. Why would she date that loser? I can't stand that guy. I hate everything about him. He reminds me of Aaron Hernandez. And um, <laughs> I wish he was in jail with him. They could be butt buddies. I just, um, yeah, that, that that just ruined my day. Um, but, yeah, other than that, you know, Jerry S. Bayunko on Twitter. And um, and uh, check out Misha Tate's uh, Twitter and Facebook. She's always posting a lot of pictures of herself. There we go. And then uh, I guess for me, uh, nothing crazy. Just check out, uh, just check out MMA Oddsbreaker and vote for Bernie Sanders. Yeah, vote for Bernie Sanders. Come on, man! You, you <laughs> tell me you're not a Donald Trump guy. Uh, I think he's hilarious, but yeah, I'm not like really much of a Republican anymore, like as I was raised. So, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, huge thanks to Johnny Case for stopping by the show today. He was an awesome guest. We got some real good insight on the exodus from Alliance over to Power MMA. And uh, we'll be back same time, same place next week. I'll try to do my best to book uh, a bunch of fighters competing on that UFC Fight Night 74 card in Saskatoon, Canada. And uh, so it'll be 6.30 p.m. next week, Eastern Time. So make sure to tune in. So for myself, Brian Hemminger, my fabulous co-host, Jerry Rodriguez, and Richard Perry, uh, this is the Verbal Submission signing out. Now, what time is it, Richard? It's code angle time. Baby.